0: Hi, this is Brian and Brittany and welcome back to another episode of Boats, Beaches, Bars and Beyond. So what have you been up to lately, Britt?
1: Well, one of the nice things is that we finally had our first weekend out on the boat where we uh, finally got to spend the night. (laughs) Still chilly. It was still rainy here in Tennessee, but um, it was nice to get out there and hang out with our friends and, um, you know, just kind of get back to the boat life and get in the swing of things. Had to Definitely do a lot of cleaning, which is always the fun side of boating, but um, hopefully it looks like it might be a little bit prettier this weekend.
0: Yeah, I don't think I would really call last week a boat weekend. Well, that we was more of a dock <laughs> weekend. It, it, it rained all day uh, on Saturday, and it never really got out of the 50s on Sunday, mm-hmm. so we, we definitely just hung out on the dock. But um, the funny thing about... Uh, rainy, cold dock days, they always turn into craft days. <laughs> I was on wondering our if you were going to talk
1: about that. That's always the running joke, guys. It's it's hilarious. Anytime that we all get together and it's just raining and we're sitting around listening to music, somehow there ends up all these projects or funny projects. Most of them are uh, hilarious and really not productive. But no, yes. we
0: had a productive project on Saturday. We, we, we put up a disco ball and some uh (laughs) not really no not lasers we we're gonna put lasers we're we're definitely gonna put lasers uh but no it was just a couple of disco balls to go along with the rope lights and the other leds and uh patio lights lights and and uh stuff that's hanging out back there around not only our boat the all of our friends boats that are there on the dock but uh you know, it's, uh, we, uh, have I mentioned before that I like
1: karaoke? Yes. Yeah, so,
0: you know, it's a little <laughs> stage area for the the karaoke on Saturday, it Friday and like, Saturday nights.
1: It sounds like we might just need to have an episode of a uh, dock life <laughs> sometime soon.
0: I, I think that can probably be an episode. But yeah, so we, we hung out uh, on the dock and got some projects done. And then I uh, had a full night of karaoke Saturday night.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, y'all had a full night of karaoke. Um, this girl does not like to sing. Nobody wants to hear that. But it is fun to get everybody together. And it ends up everybody singing all together. And a lot of times, uh, just like this weekend, we have people from all over the marina come over and hang out. We get to meet new people, new friends. That's yeah. Just, that's we all had I love about
0: boating. We, we had some uh, people that are new to the marina on a dock behind us that came over to hang out. And then... Uh, as usually happens, uh, there were some people that came over from the restaurant, uh, made their way over to our dock uh, to see what was up with the live music. That's but, what it's all
1: about, uh, though. That's what boating's all about. It's, you know, getting out there, meeting new friends and just, you know, having a good time. The weekend, you know, we all work hard during the week, so it's fun just to kick back and relax on the weekend with, with all of our friends. Absolutely. So on the last episode, we mentioned that we had recently made a fun purchase. So tonight, we're going to talk about that and make this a beyond episode. Um, And if anybody knows my husband, before we make a purchase or go on vacation or a cruise or anything like that, He likes to do his research, or as I like to call it, he goes down the rabbit hole.
0: (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. I want to know that I'm making the right decision for us.
1: I know. I know I give you a hard time about it, but I actually do appreciate it because he does take the time to research and um, watch videos and go over reviews and just, you know, weigh the pros and cons and and things like that. So I will let you tell them uh, what we just purchased.
0: Uh, Well, we just purchased a new car. Uh, for the first time in 18 years that I've had to to buy a car, I've been fortunate enough with my job that, like I said, for 18 years uh, I've had a company car. Um, you know, that's not something I've ever had to worry about. When you know the lease was up on those company cars, oh well, this is what you're getting this time. So uh long story short my company just went through a merger they're phasing out the company cars but you know i still have a great benefit they're giving everyone a car allowance so it was time uh, for the first time in a very long time to sit down and decide okay well now you're going car shopping what would you actually buy Uh, our other vehicle we do have two cars our other vehicles uh, uh, ford f-150 so we've got a pickup truck I wanted something um, for the company car that would be practical, something that would be good for us as a family, and something that would be fun. Fun. <laughs> Definitely fun. Uh, so I looked at a lot of cars, I did a lot of research, like uh, Britt said, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, and uh, ultimately we decided on a Tesla Model 3.
1: Yeah, and it's great, guys. Yeah. I I didn't know much about the Tesla going into this. I mean, Brian had mentioned it, and any time that we uh, would see one out on the road, he'd be like, oh, that's a Tesla, you know, because he he liked it, and um, he knew much more about it than I did. So tonight we're going to kind of go into all your rabbit hole research that you did. So, um, again, for those who aren't familiar with the car like I was, but um, we'll go over that, and I'm a believer now. I love it. So let's talk about why we decided to purchase a Tesla. Let's
0: talk about why. Let's let's talk about when uh, we first uh, told the family that we were uh, buying an electric vehicle and, and the looks that we got that night at dinner. Well,
1: let's set the ground on that um one of those reasons is my dad worked at nissan for like 38 years and in the dyno lab we've always been motor people and as i call him a motorhead And he's still involved in the truck pulling and you know all those engines and stuff so when we're sitting there like "Ooh, we're getting an electric car y'all should have seen the stairs oh you could have heard a pin
0: (laughs) drop you could have heard a pin (laughs) drop uh fast forward to the very first weekend that we had the car and everybody wanted to go for a ride and, and you made them
1: believers and
0: i think <laughs> after one I, ride. I, I think after uh one ride in the car they're definitely all believers now but no the the there are really three main reasons that we ultimately decided on this car and Uh, For those of you that don't know, I'm in the insurance claims business. I'm a claims manager. And uh, number one reason for me was safety. You know, I looked at all the cars on the road and and the different safety ratings and things like that. And uh, above and beyond, regardless of what you may hear in the media, uh, Tesla has the safest car on the road.
1: And see, that's something I didn't know. I wasn't aware of going into this.
0: Tesla has the best safety rating of any car ever tested by the NHTSA, which is the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Uh, The Model 3 is the vehicle that we purchased. The Model 3 is the uh, number one safest vehicle on the road. And uh, rounding out the top three is the Tesla Model S and the Tesla Model X.
1: So they take gold, silver, amber on and
0: Yes. The three <laughs> safest cars on the road are Teslas. Um, you know, they have the lowest likelihood of injury to occupants in any accident, whether it be a front-end collision, a rear-end collision, a side impact. Uh, or a rollover collision. So, you know, doing what I do for a living for as long as I have done that, again, I wanted something that was the, you know, I wanted something fun, and we'll get into why the car is fun, but first and foremost, I wanted something to make sure I was making a safe decision for our family.
1: Well, I think when we do talk about people or people know that we, you know, bought the Tesla and I think that we do kind of get some of the same questions that people ask. And I think that's one of the reasons we thought about doing an episode is that we do, you know, a lot of people don't know, just like I said, I didn't know. And, you know, we purchased one and there was a lot of information out there. And I think that um, the safety is probably probably one of the first things I mentioned to people, especially people with families, because, you know, with kids, it's like, you know, if we did have children, I think that would be very important.
0: Yeah, I, definitely, definitely important and definitely, you know, again, like I said, something that was practical for our family. Uh, but then, you know, the number two thing, like I said, I wanted something that was fun. I looked at a lot of different cars that had different driver assist features and things like that. And... Oh, and can
1: we just say before you get into this, <laughs> when he mentioned that he watched all the YouTube videos... He also made me watch all the YouTube videos. Yeah, but
0: look how much smarter you are. But you can I talk know. about the car now and tell everybody, oh, it does this, and it does this, and it does
1: this. <laughs> I did find myself when again, when I just said that people ask us questions, I find myself like answering them. And I'm like, why why am I answering? Brian's the one that did all this research. But, anyways, go ahead with your with your other fun features.
0: Yeah, so uh, the number two reason that we bought the car is autopilot. I mean, we I, at least me, you. I, I feel like I'm driving the future. You know, I, I, I grew up watching the Flintstones and George Jetson, and I literally feel like I just turned in Fred Flintstone's car and now I'm driving around in George Jetson's car.
1: That's an interesting analogy. It's,
0: the, the only thing that it doesn't do is fly.
1: Oh, yeah. One day. Maybe. Uh, maybe. You know, he does. He does make rockets.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the 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 car does have autopilot. And, you know, there, there are a few different things that the autopilot will do. You know, it, it does not have, uh, you know, a, a common misconception, I think, about Tesla's is you just get in them and they take you there. It, that's not how it works. You still have to drive the car. Uh, at least for now, full self-driving is coming at some point uh, in the car that we have. We get updates and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But with the, the level of the technology right now, there's a few different levels of autopilot. Basically, if you're inside the city uh, or in, within city limits, not on a divided highway, uh, the car has auto steer. So, basically, you can put it in an advanced cruise control mode. It will, you know, stop and slow down for traffic in front of you. It'll stay in the lane for you. And by stay in the lane, I don't mean like some of the cars have lane assist where if you're weaving out or, you know, kind of swerving out of the lane, it wakes you up and tells you, hey, get over it. No, the car will... Turn and go around curves as long as they're hands free, hands free to an extent. Yeah, it's not again, it's not felt full self driving, it's not hands free. It will make the turns as long as you're on a road that has you know clearly marked. Um, lines and, and you know it, it'll follow with the traffic and that sort of thing but you do have to have your hands on the car well that's what i'm saying and,
1: and I, I wanted you to cover that too um, just in thinking that because everybody's like oh did you see that picture on youtube or uh, facebook where that guy was asleep driving and that's not the case that's
0: impossible the, okay the so that's car, what i was
1: trying to get out yeah like, I the, you to cover that. the,
0: that's impossible the car will nag you if you're not touching the steering wheel uh, after about 30 45 seconds um if you don't touch the steering wheel. Uh, it'll start nagging you even more. I mean, the first alert is a tiny little message that pops up and then the second alert, it, the screen turns blue and starts flashing for you to touch it. Then alarms start going off, you know, if you continue to ignore it and the screen turns red, and then the next thing you know, it turns the emergency blinkers on. The car sl- starts slowing down and pulls you over to the side of the road. And you can't use autopilot for the rest of your trip.
1: So <laughs> That the, was amazing to me because I think that is something that you know we hear a lot. Oh, you, are you just sleeping and not doing anything? Yeah, no, you so really do have it, to still be driver engaged.
0: Yeah, if you've seen videos on YouTube of people sleeping and their Teslas going down the road... Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. The car will stop itself if if you're not paying attention. Um,
1: And then also in the city, too, as of right now, it doesn't stop at red lights. It has
0: the cameras. Okay, so let's back up. How does the car do this? So the car has and and again, this gets into why going back to the first reason we bought the car, uh, why the car is so safe. The car has eight Cameras that are always watching. There, there's three cameras forward facing. There are two side cameras on the um, B pillars that are forward facing and down, so they're getting everything down on the road in front of you. There's two cameras on uh, the fenders, one on each fender, that are rear facing into the side, so it's getting everything to the side of you and down facing the road and then of course you have a rear camera uh, at the back of the car outside of those eight cameras that are always watching what's going on around you i mean literally you know i have two cameras in my head i got got two eyes that can watch what's going on around me the car has eight eyes eight cameras Uh, Then there are 12 ultrasonic sensors around the car, basically sonar that, you know, watches the distance between everything in front of you, behind you, beside you. Uh, And then there's radar in the front of the car, in the front bumper, there's radar. So if you've got a car in front of you, the radar is actually seeing underneath the car in front of you to the car in front of it. And sometimes even the car in front of the car in front of you. So the car will know if someone is slowing down in front of you before you even see them hit the brake lights, before, you know, sometimes before the car in front of you knows that the car in front of it is about to stop, your car is already slowing down. Um, Which gets back to your question about the traffic lights. The cameras will see traffic lights. It has red light detection. Uh, right now, because you don't have full self-driving in the city, basically, if you're headed towards a red light and it knows you're about to run that red light, again, kind of like the warnings that you get on uh, the autopilot nag, the <clears throat> alarms will start going off, the screen blinks red, and it warns you, hey, you're, the red light, stop. Um, it doesn't stop for you yet, yet. but right. that is coming in later updates with the software. Um,
1: and same thing with the stop signs too? Stop, uh, stop signs,
0: stop lines in the road, crosswalks, all of that will be part of full self-driving. That's great. Um, and, and those updates are, it's just like updating your iPhone or updating your Android phone. It's over the air Wi-Fi updates. We've already gotten like six or seven uh, since we got the car. I mean... Basically, features that if you bought a car today, a normal car, and the new model came out and it had, ooh, this one extra button that does this, we get those updates over the air for free. Um, but
1: yeah, I mean, just the, the, yeah within we, the we've only had the car, week. we've mm-hmm.
0: only had the car for two months, and like I said, we've already gotten six or seven updates. One of the updates was a 5% uh, speed increase and performance boost. <laughs> Which
1: I think you'll we'll talk about speed here in a bit. So. We'll, we'll,
0: we'll get to that. So we'll.
1: city-wise, so those are some of the things that are coming. And then um, kind of going back to the safety thing, not to uh, kind of get you off of your uh, topic right now, but as far as the braking, like you know, it, it because of the cameras, it can detect if somebody's in your lane and it gets over. And if, you know you're about to hit somebody, just I'm thinking about a lot of those YouTube videos where we've seen the car actually prevent wrecks.
0: Right, so even if the car is not in autopilot, um, it has active emergency braking. If somebody pulls out in front of you and it, it, uh, you know, the cameras are are running all types of computations every second, and if it detects that there's about to be a collision, whether it's a front-end collision, a rear-end collision, or a side impact, It will swerve out of the way within your lane. It won't swerve over into another car or anything like that, but it'll try to swerve over uh, to the left or the right to avoid a side collision. It will active brake if someone pulls out in front of you or uh, stops in front of you like that. And same thing with uh, rear collisions. It'll it'll try to brake to avoid pushing you into another car and, and things like that. Um, and again, those are feature safety features that are part of the car, uh, whether you have autopilot engaged or not. Um, so again, back to the autopilot, if you're in the city limits, uh, really just keeps you in the lanes, steers for you, uh, keeps the speed keeps, you know, stop and go in traffic, um, and then, um.
1: Cause yeah, you can only go five miles over. Well, that,
0: that's what I was about to say. Because because mm-hmm. of you know they're trying to get regulatory approval for full self driving. So one thing that they don't want to allow people to do on autopilot is speed through the city, speed through school zones. So the navigation computer in the car is one of the most advanced navigation computers in any vehicle, if not the most advanced. Um, and it does know the, the speed limit in the area, you know, for the most part, that's fairly accurate. There were a few places when we were on a road trip that it thought the speed limit was less than what it was. Um, but, um, in those areas within city driving, if you have it on autopilot or auto steer, um, it will only allow you to set the, the speed five miles in excess of the posted speed limit. Uh, so if the speed limit is 40, the, the highest you can put autopilot is 45 miles an hour. So again, back to safety, <laughs> uh, you know, making sure people aren't just putting the thing on auto auto steer and then flying through, you know, the middle of the city, um, you know.
1: Yeah, which is great. I mean, that's very smart, like you said, especially for them to get regulatory approval. So now let's talk about that feature and take it out of the city. Let's talk about interstate. Let's talk about divided highways. What can it do as far as um, being able to auto steer?
0: So when you get out of the city, you get on the interstate, get on the freeway, get on the highway, any divided highway. Uh, you, you're If you have the full self-driving package, which we do with our car, Uh, it has something called Navigate on Autopilot. And Navigate on Autopilot is basically as close as you're going to get right now to full self-driving. It's ramp to ramp navigation. You, You put in your destination, where you're going, and if you're merging from, you know, one interstate to another. For example, here in Nashville, we have Interstate 24 and Interstate 65 and Interstate 40. They all intersect at one point, you know, in in the Nashville city limits. As you uh, go from point A to point B on your route, if it requires you to get off of Interstate 24 onto the uh, 440 bypass onto 65 and then onto 40. The car will actually do all of that on its own. It gets you into, you, you again have to keep your hand on the wheel just to show that you're attentive and you're ready to take over if something uh, were to happen. But the car will turn on the blinker, it'll move you into the correct lane, it will take the ramp to the other interchange by itself. Uh, And do that for each of those intersections as you move along. You set your speed limit. Speed limit on uh, divided highways is a little different. You can actually set it up to, I believe, 90 miles an hour. Uh, You don't have that five mile per hour restriction on uh, autopilot when you're on a divided highway. But whatever your speed limit is set to, as you're headed down the road, if the car in front of you is going slower than what your speed is set as, the car will move into the passing lane. It will go, it turns on the blinker, moves into the passing lane, it will pass that car, turn its blinker back on, and then move back out of the passing lane because you're not supposed to drive in the passing lane. Uh, but it does all of that on its own, Co- complete automation. And let me tell you, road trips, uh, my commute to work, uh, a lot less stress using autopilot nowadays.
1: Well, I didn't think it was legit. So the first few times that we did this, I mean, it's he got in the car, set navigation where we wanted to go, and it legit did everything. It takes the ramps perfectly. The speed was fine. Um, you can also set like the distance between the cars that you want to go. So if you want to be a little bit closer, and a little bit more aggressive, those are settings for that.
0: Yeah. You can set it between one and seven car lengths. And that's more for not so much how much distance it keeps between the cars as you're driving, but it's the braking distance. So either the car will rapidly brake uh, within one car length of the car in front of you or You know, if you're out on the main highway, put it, you know, five, six car lengths, then it'll start slowing down a little uh, slower. You know, not that rapid jerk to, to break as someone's slowing yeah. down in front of
1: you. And, of course, at any time, if you, you know, didn't want to change lanes or anything like that, you can certainly take over and, and navigate yourself. So, you know, you're not set on that certain setting, but... Well, um, and it
0: pops up. If it's going to change lanes, it pops up on the screen. And I guess we should back up and explain the only controls in the car are 15... 15 inch screen in the middle of the car that
1: was something to get used to yeah. i think especially like at night you know because you're used to kind of having that glow in front of your face you right know, like when you're looking like the when row, i say in the middle
0: that. of the car it's between the driver and the passenger on the dash
1: it's like a big ipad it's you know, bigger than screen, it's bigger than an iPad. A big flat screen iPad, but everything's on there. Your speed, your navigation. Yeah, your and it's not in front
0: of the driver. Is my point there? It is between uh, on the dash in front of you, but it's in the center of the car. So anything that's going on with autopilot, your speed, your uh, navigation, your music, all of that stuff Air. are on that screen. Air, every, every, everything. literally everything in the car is controlled. Instead of having a, a ton of different buttons that do different things, just like an iPad, you know, the transition from a regular cell phone, the old Nokia flip phones and things like that, um, the you no longer have physical buttons. So they can change those, they can update those, they can add features, they can you know, improve on features all because of that software. But because of that, you get all of your alerts for autopilot, lane change notifications. So the car is not all of a sudden just going to start changing lanes on you because it wants to, it'll pop up first and show you that it wants to change lanes to get around the car in front of you. And then you have the option to cancel that lane change or let it go ahead with the lane change. And then at the same time, if you want to completely take it out of autopilot, you can do that too and just take over driving again.
1: Well, I guess too, you know, not only, and we can talk about our road trip that we did as well, but, you know, with your work, you know, talk about the stop and go traffic. And then we've also forgot to mention the holding at the red light with the brake. That's my favorite feature. (laughs) Well, yeah,
0: I mean, the, the holding, and I think there are other cars that do the brake hold as well, but... Uh, what, what Brit's talking about is when you pull up to a red light or anywhere that you want to stop, uh, and you don't have to be an autopilot for this. If you, if you're driving the car and you pull up to a point that you want to stop, you just press the brake pedal all the way to the floor and it puts it in hold and then you let go, just sit there.
1: Well, you get used to it because when we were, uh, on our trip in Colorado, which, uh, we need to do episode on that. Uh, you kept on wanting to stomp on the brake and, and hold it when we got a rental car. But, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, your day-to-day commute, because when uh, we were on that conference out there, we talked to some folks, and he was like, well, what?" somebody had asked about being in, like, standstill traffic, and, you know, what are some of the benefits of the Tesla that can, can help you out with that?
0: Well, like, if you're
1: an auto steer, you know. Yeah, my
0: commute, my commute to work one way is 60 miles. I don't have to go to the office every day, but I typically typically go to the office two to three days a week. Uh, so round trip, and that's 60 miles one way. So round trip, my commute is right at 120 miles. So let me tell you, that was one of the main reasons I looked at this car, you know, as an option, J- just for my own sanity and peace of mind coming back from work and to work every day. Uh, I can uh, pa-
1: do it. You know I get ill when we get in traffic. <laughs>
0: part of my commute is highway. Part of my commute is within the city and country roads, uh, and then part of my commute is, you know, the, it, it's the construction zone, and, you know, the, the part of it is bumper-to-bumper traffic. I, I get it all. I, I, I get every... Do. Yeah. I, I, I get it all, and, you know, for stop-and-go, bumper-to-bumper traffic, uh, this has got to be the best car on the road. Cause I, you know, it's great being on the interstate, it's great being in the city on auto steer and that sort of thing. But to be able to put the car on autopilot or auto steer in that, you know, two mile an hour, five mile an hour bumper to bumper traffic where it's stop and go, you know, I I set it on one car length and I I set it and forget it. You know, I'm paying attention to the road and I have my hand on the wheel, But the car is doing the stopping. The car is pulling forward and keeping me at the same distance. So it's not like, you know, the car in front of me abruptly stops. I don't have to worry about that. The the car takes care of that distance and and moves me forward and stops me and moves me forward. And, you know, instead of coming home needing to de-stress for 30 minutes because I've just driven 60 miles in, you know, rush hour traffic... I, I, I come home and I'm ready to, hey, let's start our evening now.
1: Right. I mean, how many times have we all, you know, even just traveling and you have to do that every single day. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that get into those traffic jam type situations. So I can see where it would definitely spoil you for sure. But um, he's very trusting of the autopilot. As soon as he got it, he loved it. It took me a little bit longer to, to adjust to it and really trust it. But um, it takes curves the ramps everything in the city i mean it really I, I don't ever feel like we've been in a situation where i was like oh my gosh i like need to hurry up and take control i mean it really is very very efficient with those features
0: it's very efficient i mean there you know i i've every opportunity to, that i get i put the car into autopilot well, like so i i've got i've yeah. got uh, a little more experience with it because it's it's my daily driver you know we have another vehicle and that's what you drive when i'm at the office and that sort of thing i mean we've we've had the car for literally not even nine weeks so just a little over two months now and um right now i think we've got a four thousand three hundred and eighty eight <laughs> miles on it I may or may not have looked earlier just to see, but yeah, a little over 4,300 miles on it. Out of that 4,300 miles, um, I've probably actually driven 300 of that. <laughs> I mean, I mean 4,000 miles at least, I would say, on autopilot. So I know now that, you know, there are some things in some areas where you, you know, you go from two lanes and then all of a sudden there's lines for a turning lane or something like that. And, you know, it, it's trying to decide which lane it needs to be in and and it'll do some wonky things. So, And that's why it's not full self-driving yet. You've That's why you always have to have your hands on the wheel ready to take over. And, you know, because I use it for my commute, I know what areas now. It's like, oh, I'm coming up on this area where, you know, it doesn't know how to do this yet. So let me take over and, and I'll drive through here. You know, I, I, I joked when we first got it um, because of little... Uh, things like that that I should get a student driver uh, sign and put on the car <laughs> because the car was learning to drive nice. the areas that, that I'm normally driving in. But for the most part, uh, very efficient and you know has really helped with the stress of my uh, daily drive, and, and I, I'm a lot more relaxed. And, and as you were talking, last night, we had gone to um, dinner with the family out in, in the country. Uh, The only way I can say it, it, it was some windy country roads through field, or not, we weren't driving through fields, but you know, uh, out by some farms and things well, like that. you know that, how those where... back
1: roads can be. The lines might be faded. There might be tall grass on the sides of the road covering up the, you know, lines and different things. But it did well last it, night.
0: The car was glued to the road yep, the entire it way. it really did. I, I mean, again, you have to pay attention, but I was also able to enjoy a lot because we were driving through there right at sunset, and it was a beautiful sunset, and where I normally would have been, oh, this is a windy, curvy road. I was just relaxed, you know, looking at the cows and looking at the horses and the sunset and taking it all in, uh, knowing that, you know, the, the car is going to get us where we're going. So uh, the other thing that I'll add, uh, we we have taken it, and we'll get a little more into that on an, another episode, but um, I think we mentioned on the last episode we took another trip down to 30A about a month ago, uh, or three weeks ago. Has it hasn't even been a month at this point? But, <laughs> yes. um, but anyway, we it was right after we got the Tesla, so we took the Tesla on a road trip to Florida. Uh, the very first night, um, headed to Florida. Uh, bad rainstorm.
1: Oh, it was terrible. A, a
0: very very bad rainstorm, and um, you know I wanted to see again ready to take over any time but i wanted to see what the car would do you know test its limits and see can't can it get me through this rainstorm and pr- i mean probably one of the worst i've seen i mean everybody had their you know hazard lights on and you know going 30 40 miles an hour on the interstate in this stretch of interstate 70 miles an hour you know we, we were in the rain and i i'm i'm you know, in insurance claims uh, for a living. So, you know, I'm not going to go 70 miles an hour in the rain in, in a bad storm. But I, but I did put it on autopilot at, you know, probably 50, something like that. And probably about 10 miles an hour faster than the traffic um, that was in the slow lane with their hazard lights on. But the car stayed glued to the road. There were times that it was hard to see lines on the road in front of us and because of the sonar and the radar and those eight cameras um, you know it was amazing for me having to drive that when we arrived in Florida and it's what 460 miles from Nashville uh, to where we go in Florida uh, to vacation with the family and I, I, I wasn't white knuckling it the whole way. We had we had family and friends, had friends that were with that us, stop.
1: and yeah. they
0: were they were about an hour or two behind us, and. Um,
1: yeah, they ended up having to stop. I mean, that's how bad it was. They weren't that far behind us, but we were able to zip on through and they actually needed to stop because of the white knuckling situation. Well, they stopped. And
0: then even when they continued on, cause they got stuck in the rain the whole way down. I mean, they, they were so stressed when they got there because the, the weather was so bad. So, you know, a, a trip like that definitely made the, the commute or not the commute, but the road trip a lot easier than it would have been
1: yeah there's a lot of things that we can talk about the road trip here in a bit but you know autopilot it's it's great there are some uh uh, i guess false advertisement out there that you can sleep and not pay attention but as far as our experience has been it's um it's definitely a great feature and i think brian is happy to have it on his commute now (laughs)
0: So that brings us to the third reason we got the car which really wasn't something that i was even looking for in the beginning when we started the car search but uh, has really turned into a great benefit uh, and that's that it's electric
1: (laughs) well as you said our other vehicle is f-150 so Clearly, the whole electric car thing wasn't uh, something that we had been interested...
0: In. Wasn't on the radar.
1: No, wasn't on the radar, but I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I do think that that's the the other most common uh, situation that we do get uh, asked about is, what about the charging time? Where do you charge? you no, at home? No, no. The
0: first thing people ask, well, okay, it's electric, but it uses gas too, right? Oh,
1: that is true. Yeah, we have, actually have had a lot of people ask that, but no, it is... 100% electric.
0: 100% electric, no more gas stations. No more
1: gas stations. I know, it is it is crazy where you, know, you, you realize that you don't have to go to the gas stations, but I do think that a lot of people don't know as far as how do you charge, where do you charge, how long can you go, some of those things. So kind of get into that and explain that whole situation.
0: Well, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is, oh, it's an electric car, so what? You can go like... 35 <laughs> Not even that. like I, I played in a charity client golf tournament on Monday and it, you know I had the car there and, and one of the vendors walked up to me and said, hey man, we have charging spots on every hole for you so you can plug your car in. Like it's some big joke that oh, you got an electric car. No, the car goes 325 miles on a charge. It's almost the same as the Toyota Camry that I had for work that we just got rid of.
1: Well, I can guarantee you it's getting more mileage than, than my your truck, truck
0: Exactly. 325 miles on a charge. And, you know, the, that's the EPA rating. I mean, one of the great things about an electric car and a Tesla especially is we really didn't touch on, you don't really use the brake.
1: No, that's one of my favorite things. I don't know about you, but I find myself, if I'm driving in the city, like trying to challenge myself to do the regenerative braking. To not brake. (laughs) And, And
0: what we mean by that and what that has to do with it being an electric car, the car has something called regenerative braking. So you can almost, almost drive with one foot. Um, when you let your foot off of the accelerator, the car will automatically start slowing down. And when it does that, it's using the electric motor to slow down and it's recharging the battery in that braking process. So the stop and go daily commute, bumper to bumper traffic that I talked about earlier, um, that's actually better uh, for, for the range right. because it adds more miles. I, I, I saw a chart earlier. You know the the car the the EPA rating for it is 325 miles, but um, realistically 55 miles and 55 miles per hour and under, which would be city traffic. It's more like 375 to 400 oh, dang. miles.
1: I didn't know it was that big of a difference. It, it, it's, that, it's
0: that big of a difference. Now, obviously, you get, just like it would be in a, a gasoline-powered vehicle, you get on the interstate, you're going faster, highway speed, 75, 80, 90 miles an hour. You're going to burn more gas. You're not going to get the the same you know, fuel uh, efficiency as you would I- in that stop and go. But the other thing about that stop and go is in a regular gasoline vehicle, when you're stopped and not going, you're burning gas. Right. When you're stopped in that electric car and not going, you're not using any energy. What did you tell me yesterday? You took the car and you went to the store and you were the drive through
1: Oh yeah, and it was like I forgot. I kept on re. It was like weird because, of course, in my truck, it's a little bit louder vehicle, and especially when you're at the drive-through up against a building, it's a lot louder. And then I found myself with the window down, like, oh, my car's not on. And then I forgot that I was in the Tesla. I had like no noise going on at all. So that was kind of different to get used to.
0: Yeah, because you know, for the most part, you know, the the radio the air conditioning, the lights, that, that uses minimal energy. The, now, in the wintertime, the heat uh, does use a lot of energy, but uh, it has heated seats. The heated seats use less energy than you know the heater in the car, but um, with that, uh, that regenerative braking, it's helping you recharge. And the regenerative braking really does make a difference. I mean, what, it was a couple of days ago, I showed you that video and article About the guy in Colorado that had just taken his Tesla Model 3 up to the top of Pikes Peak, which I think is a little over 11 miles to the top of a mountain, 14,400 feet or something like that, um, and then back down. And because of the regenerative braking on the car, he went all the way up the mountain and... All the way back down, uh, which would have used quite a bit of gas I to climb so. mm-hmm. a mountain like that, and not to mention the wear that it puts on your brakes to come back down on the other side. Which at Pikes Peak, they actually have points that they stop all of the vehicles to take temperatures of, or take the temperature of your brakes to make sure you don't have brake failure coming down the mountain. Um, and because you're not really using your brakes for the most part. Um, that's not an issue on an electric vehicle or, or something like a Tesla. But the other great added benefit is the regenerative braking allowed him to actually reach the bottom of the mountain with about 20 miles more range than he had when he started up the mountain.
1: That's insane. So
0: he went 26, 27 miles up and down the mountain, but when he finished, he had 20 miles more range than when he started the trip. So
1: he filled up after going up and down the mountain. Free gas. Free gas. Well, I think that, you know, is very shocking when you do tell people that, yes, it's, you know, 300 and what, 25 miles range, but then you can actually get more in the city because, you know, a lot of people we talk to, they have city commutes and stuff to work. So... I think that's kind of one thing that blows their mind. It's like, oh, no, I really? I didn't know you could go that far on it. So I think after that, you know, the next question is, okay, well, then how do you charge that? Or, you know, you know. Well, charge it. Charge it. How
0: happens. do you charge it? And, and th- that falls in with the range question because, okay, 325 miles range. Let's face it. I, I, I've already said. My commute, which is excessive, I know there are people that have long commutes like that, but my commute is 120 miles round trip. I can make that commute two and a half times and never even have to charge the car. The average person is not driving 325 miles in a day. Right. I mean, how many times do you get into your car and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot, I... I don't have any gas. I need to stop and get gas oh, on the way. Oh, you know
1: I do it all the time. You know I do it Or you're on your <laughs> way
0: home, and all you want to do is get home, and you realize when you get in your car on the way home from work, oh, crap, i got to stop and get gas.
1: And depending on where you're at, you <clears throat> might have to go out of your way to get to a gas station. You know, uh, yeah. your sort of inconvenience there, too. So the
0: 325 miles, unless you're on a road trip, really isn't a factor. So the nice thing about it is... For the most part, for us, we charge at home. We, we have a, it, there's a lot of different ways to do it. You, you get a mobile charge uh, cable when you buy the car, it comes with it, and you can either plug that into just a regular wall outlet, which will give you really, really, really really slow charging speeds. I think we get about five miles per hour. So it would literally take days to charge the car on that. But it, but it's good to have, uh, when we did the road trip down to Florida, I pl- we had a, a vacation house down there and I, I, I kept it plugged in while we were there. We, we were there for about four days and <clears throat> it kept it, kept it topped off. We were getting about 30 to, you know, 50 miles a night charge again free gas uh, while we were down there at the house and then the other option is with that mobile charge kit you can hook that up to a 220 or a 240 so like a dryer outlet or you can get a special nema 1450 outlet installed in your garage and that'll give you about um, 32 miles per hour charge we opted to go with the actual tesla wall charger in our garage, um, it's it's a little more convenient because we don't have to take the mobile charger out. We can just leave that in the car. So if we're on a trip or we're down at the boat, which I'll touch on in a minute, charging at the boat, um, but we can always have that in the car for a road trip or, you know, our daily commute, that sort of thing, if we ever needed it. Um, the tesla wall charger is permanently mounted in our garage and we're getting about 45 miles per hour charge you know i come home from work uh again 120 miles to get that 120 miles back as soon as i pull in the garage i I plug it in and within about three hours um Uh, we're fully charged again.
1: Right. Well, so you do have quite a few options. I would think, you know, depending on how much you're going to drive, you know, if you're not going to drive that much a day, then, you know, maybe you can get by with installing one of those, you know, outlets or just, you know, plugging into the wall. So, you know, for us, I think we wanted to have that safety net of if you did drive a lot that day and we still wanted to go, you know, somewhere that night or things like that, we just... I think we did it more as a just we knew well for that we the could get a full tank two
0: reasons. We wanted the faster charging, and I, I was going to have to buy a second cable, otherwise, we would be rolling that cable up and taking it with us everywhere we went. And because we do go to the boat, um, I wanted to have an option to charge at the boat if I needed to. So, we needed to have a cable in the car to be able to do that. Um, but no, the great thing about it is every morning when I wake up and go out to the car, I have basically a full tank of gas.
1: Well, I think that's a great point. You compare, if you are driving that much, how much you would be spending in gas. I mean, we all know gas can fluctuate anywhere to, you know, 2 dollars 5 a gallon to, you know, over 3 or we've seen it even more, and we all have. So, you know, I think for us, we really you know, talked about that. Okay. You know, if we are going to have to be spending so much on gas money, you know, I think that's another question that people ask too. Oh, did it, did it jack up your electricity bill? So we were um, surprised about that too. Yeah.
0: So that, that, those are the options for home charging. And like Britt said, you know, what does it cost to charge at home? Um, You know, your truck, the F-150, 60 bucks to fill up 60 to 70 bucks to fill up the tank easy yeah i mean the the camry that i had for work before about 40 bucks to fill up the tank and and with my commute i I was filling that car up two to three times a week right uh so easily i was spending 120 bucks a week on gas um our first full month electric bill and, and i will tell you the car is so fun to drive the very first month we put over 2000 miles on it literally in 30 days. Um, you know, we, we've slowed down a little bit on that. I mean, you know, the, the, we're a little over 4,000 miles now, but we did the road trip and, and all of that, but you know, that, that's not normal for us. Um, uh, but even with that many miles in the first month, uh, we saw an average increase of thirty-two dollars on our electric bill.
1: That's insane. That's so thirty-two bucks. That
0: was that that was for an entire month, and that was for an entire month with two thousand miles put on the car. That you know, we we might average a thousand to twelve hundred miles. You know, the the Camry that we got rid of, I had fifty-seven thousand miles on it. We had it a little over a little over four years, so.
1: I mean, you factored that in a month, and we would have been paying that at least three times a week.
0: And more you know, more weeks. than that. Like right. I said, the Camry was about 40 bucks right. to fill up, and we put 2,000 miles on a car, and it cost $32 uh-huh.
1: to <laughs> charge <laughs> I was, it. I was surprised about that, so... <clears throat> That's, um, I guess, kind of all the home charging stuff. So, do we want to talk that's, about... That's
0: home charging. So, then, you know, the next question people ask is, oh, well, then what do you do if you can only charge it at home or you can only take that cable with you and plug it into an electric outlet and it's so slow? No, there's... If, you, if you've never driven an electric vehicle, which I never had before we got the Tesla, I really didn't know how robust the electric vehicle charging infrastructure is um you know i knew they were out there because tesla is clearly not the only uh, vehicle manufacturer that makes an electric vehicle Uh, there are different companies like blink and ChargePoint that have you know charging stations set up all over the place i mean what one of your favorite restaurants to go to and Uh, Our area now is Bar Louie because they have electric vehicle charging at the front door.
1: Well, it is kind of neat how if you do just be cognizant and they they do have those electric charging stations that a lot of times they uh, do give you front row parking. They
0: give you front row parking. Now, you know, with blink and charge point those types of chargers. you do have to pay for that but even with that it's not that much i mean i think we sat there for an hour and it costs like four bucks or something yeah and we like talked off while we were just We, we 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 stopped to eat and we topped off while we were there and that that was the first that's we only did that one time that was the first weekend that we had the car and we just we were just testing out the different charging options and things like that Um, and, and again, you can use any electric vehicle, the Nissan Leafs, the Chevy Volts, all those can use those type of, uh, charging stations. It's a, to get technical, it's a level two charger. It has a J1772 connection. Um, the Tesla comes with a J1772 adapter that you just plug in uh, to the cable that's there on those stations and it plugs right into the car. No problem. Um, the other great thing is Tesla has, um, a couple of different options for charging their own vehicles. Um, and the cool thing about it is a Tesla can charge at any, almost any electric vehicle charging station. Um,
1: other but not vice versa. Other
0: vehicles be- because of the high power connection and how fast uh, the charging is, other vehicles cannot charge at a Tesla charging station. So there's two types of Tesla charging. <clears throat> you have destination chargers, and the destination chargers are basically the exact same thing that we have at home. It's a high powered wall connector. Uh, gives you about forty-five to forty-eight miles per hour charge rate. Um, those are set up at businesses. Those are set up at hotels. Um, a lot of hotels will put those in, you know, for people traveling, so they can look and see. Oh, they have destination chargers here. I'm going to stay at this hotel versus that hotel, so I can plug my car in overnight. And it's free of charge. Right? It's free. It's free to use those. Um, so, again, free gas. What, <laughs> ho- yeah. what If you're driving a regular car, what hotel have you ever stayed at that says, hey, stay here, and we'll give you a free tank of gas?
1: That's a solid point.
0: It doesn't happen, but if you're driving a Tesla and a hotel has a destination charger which there are several hotels just within about a five mile radius of our house because i just wanted to see who has them who doesn't uh it's pretty common uh and again i'd mentioned before the tesla navigation system is one of the most advanced navigation systems in any vehicle you hit a button and it shows you where all of the tesla destination chargers are so whether it's at a hotel or a restaurant or a shopping mall it says hey you can go here and charge for free
1: what well, makes planning your road trips a lot easier you it, know, well really not that's not
0: even getting into road trips that's just the, those are the hotels that yes it, once you get there charging on the road with Tesla is something entirely different which we got to experience when we went to Florida.
1: yeah we checked out a couple of different places but you know I think it, it was a lot easier than I thought it would be
0: well the, again the the destination chargers are free to use and it's a way businesses have you know bought into the the, the idea of electric vehicles and electric charging to get other customers into their business that they might not otherwise have. So then your other option on a road trip is the Tesla superchargers. Um, Tesla, there's a level two or there's a version two Tesla supercharger that's more common throughout the U.S. right now, and you get about 500 miles per hour charge rate Again, our vehicle is the long range and it has a maximum capacity of 325 miles. So do the math, 500 miles per hour, less than an hour at one of those superchargers. Uh, Honestly, about 20 minutes will give you about 200 miles because it charges faster on a lower charge rate. So if you're under, say, 200 or under say 150 miles range on your car you can get about 200 miles charge in about 20 minutes
1: and that's no different than us stop in and stop and
0: use, use the bathroom it. stop stop and take a break and use the bathroom exactly
1: right or eat dinner or get a snack or something like that so mm. it's no different than stopping at a gas station really
0: it, yeah and the version three of the superchargers that are rolling out and all of the new superchargers that they're going to be putting in place right now uh, <clears throat> have a charge rate of 1,000 miles per hour. So you get into that 1,000-mile-per-hour charge, and that's 10 minutes.
1: Right. Well, like you said, the navigation thing, too, you know, it'll calculate when you are going to need to, you know, stop and top off and things like that. So I thought that was really neat about navigating and, you know, finding chargers and stuff like that. And then also uh, you can pull it up on your app to see where charging stations are and... um If they're available. You
0: can pull it up on the app on your phone, um, which we'll get into in a minute about how the phone works with the car. But yeah, back to the navigation system, as Britt said, it has all of the charging locations, superchargers and destination chargers in there. And if you put in your destination point before you ever pull out of your driveway or wherever you're leaving from, it calculates what the range is going to be between your start and stopping point, what your expected um, charge will be at your destination. And if you need to stop, it tells you where the chargers are and how long you need to stop at each one. So like when we were heading to Florida, it pulled up two of the chargers along the way and said, stop here for 15 minutes and stop here for 15 minutes. Um, We did a little longer because we wanted to stop and see where they all were. Uh, most of the superchargers were either at a hotel or in a business district like we stopped in downtown Birmingham the supercharger there was there were there was a hotel next door and there were six or seven restaurants and there were some shops and that's typically what you'll find in most areas is they're they're not going to be in the middle of nowhere you you have the supercharger next to amenities that you would want on a road trip so if you're just making a quick bathroom break you've got somewhere to go if you want to stop and eat which we did on our way back from florida we stopped at cracker barrel to eat there was a tesla supercharger at the hotel directly next door and by the time we got back in the car to get back on the road we had a full charge again
1: yeah and that calculates the time as well on the navigation so i thought that was another neat feature so if family or friends are waiting on you to get in you'd be like oh no you know we we're, we're going to be here at this time or that time because it does factor in your uh, charging time that you're going to need but you know we didn't sit there the full hour or anything like that to get a, a full charge because it does charge so fast within those first 15 or 20 minutes that you really don't need to.
0: So I think that probably covers most of the questions on charging. I, I can't help but wonder the questions that i get and and the little comments about oh you're using your battery or oh you got to stop every 10 miles or something like that you know 120 years ago when people were moving into gas-powered automobiles out of horse and buggy were they getting the same crap well oh you can't feed a carrot to your car and get down the road you know it's the same kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was what they used to say back in the day?
0: Well, you know, I mean, think about it. With, back then, you know, if you didn't have somewhere to stop at a gas station or somewhere to put gas in your car, you know, it's not like you you, you had horse feed or hay or <laughs> carrots or something when your horse got oh, tired Lord. to feed it so it could get further down the road oh, man. so okay. i'm sure the people that first started out driving gas-powered cars got the same crap because they couldn't stop and feed their horse
1: all right well there's that it's it's
0: hard you know it's harder to change is hard it, it changes hard yes. and it's harder to convince people that no, it, it is possible to do this. And let's face it, it's the future. You know, every car manufacturer is, is in, n- in
1: it, is yeah.
0: trying to catch up now. I mean, how many news articles and it's it's something I probably didn't pay attention to until we bought the car. But how many news articles have we seen now? Ford's working on an electric f one fifty? Volkswagen's coming out with a new electric vehicle. Jaguar now has an electric vehicle. Mercedes. Every car manufacturer is trying, because they know this is the future, whether it's the fuel efficiency of it being electric or just the technology with the safety. And and because at the end of the day, again, safest car on the road, hands down.
1: I mean, I think, you know, one of our friends said it really well that the auto industry itself has not advanced in the last, what do you say, 60 or 70 years, however he put it, you know. And that is kind of true that you are seeing a lot of these changes, but I think they're they're for the good. I mean, I didn't know anything about Tesla, like I said earlier. I think when we told our family, they were like, um, what? <laughs> uh, well,
0: like I said, you could have heard a pin drop. But yeah, we had a friend that, you know, he because I guess that's the other thing. Before we get into that. I've never owned a car and I've had, a. again, they were mostly company cars or all company cars for the last 18 years, but I've never had a car where somebody saw my new car and said, Ooh, can I, can you take me for a ride? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants to go for a ride. Yep. And our friend that Britt was talking about, you know, once he went for a ride and he said, you know, it's 2019, it is 2019 it's a shame that every single car manufacturer, Forget the electric part of it, the the safety features and the autopilot and all that stuff. It's a shame that in two thousand nineteen, every single car manufacturer doesn't have this kind of technology now.
1: Well, I think our one friend that I felt like we probably got the most uh, pushback from, or you know, he didn't understand it until he went in a ride. You know, this weekend um, uh, they had gone. Uh, to eat, I think that he wasn't a believer. I think a lot of people don't understand it until they see it. You know, and I I probably was one of those people. And until you really do hear a lot of the things about the range, the efficiency, the safety, the charging, all the features it can do, I think you kind of do make believers after they hear, um, you know, how, how nice it is. So,
0: yeah. So then, you know, the other question that I get with it being an electric vehicle is, Oh, but that battery, you know, how long does the battery last? And you know, how much does it cost to replace the battery? Well, they've done a lot of testing. Uh, There's over half a million Teslas on the road right now. And um, the average life expectancy of the battery in the car is 500,000 miles. And at 500,000 miles, it's minimal uh, degradation of the battery. And according to Elon Musk um, you can get a um, battery upgrade or a battery replacement module uh, between seven and ten thousand dollars at that point but again,
1: not many people are gonna have a Five hundred
0: thousand <laughs> miles. I've never driven a car for five hundred thousand miles. I think I've only driven one car over a hundred thousand miles. Uh, Again, I've had the benefit of company cars and they phased them out after so many miles, but um, I I would like to think 500,000 miles from now um, or or (laughs) 496,000 miles from now, uh, I'll have moved on to a different car. But who knows? Maybe not. I mean, we may keep that thing forever and, you know. Uh, I
1: mean, they keep on upgrading them. Like 500,000 miles
0: from now, we'll spend seven grand on it and put a new battery in it.
1: But what is that about the maintenance? I remember you saying something like if, if you did need something replaced or something happened, like they'll come to you or they'll pick you up or they can just switch things out quickly. I remember you kind of talking about that. Briefly. Yeah,
0: well, again, like I said, 500,000 miles and, and then you may need a battery module replacement. That, that's something that would be done at a Tesla service center. Um and then as far as other maintenance goes, uh the drivetrain alone is rated for a million miles. A
1: million?
0: Uh, a, a million okay. miles uh we on, have on the on the electric motor. <laughs> so, you know, I guess once that battery goes out uh, at 500,000 miles, we put 7 grand in it and then we got another 500,000 okay. miles and we need to need a new drivetrain and a new battery. I
1: guess does that work?
0: Uh, don't think I'll be driving the car that long, but um <laughs> So maintenance-wise, you um, get—let's talk about warranty, which ties into maintenance. Um, You get, right out of the gate, uh, eight years, 100,000 miles uh, warranty on the drivetrain and and the battery. Um, You get four years, I think, on the, the overall car itself um and you also get roadside assistance from tesla and that's not something that you have to pay for that is something that is included with the purchase price of the vehicle but with the roadside assistance um if you have a breakdown if there's any warranty issues anything like that if it's something where you the the car is not drivable and it has to be towed uh they will tow you for free to the nearest uh, tesla service center within 500 miles um If you have a flat tire, um, instead of calling AAA or anything like that, you can call Tesla. They'll send someone out to you with a loaner wheel and tire. They will take your tire to your home service center uh, to swap it out or patch it or whatever they need to do and you go back to the uh, service center to pick it up. And, and there is a charge for that if you have to pay for a tire or whatever. Um, if there's a warranty issue or something that needs repaired that only Tesla can do, uh, they have the option if it's something minor that can be done with a mobile tech, uh, they'll come right to your house or to your work and do it right there. It, even something as simple as rotating your tires, they'll send somebody to you to rotate your tires. Um, And some of those things like tire rotation, things like that, do have a charge. Any warranty work, though, is free, obviously, uh, with that mobile service. Or then, like I said, you have your uh, Tesla service centers that you can go to. And and we're fortunate there's one right here in Nashville. Um, But um, I guess that's back up. About the char- talking about the service centers and things like that. We talked about the Tesla superchargers uh, on the road trips. I forgot to mention on that, which is a big thing, they're about every 90 miles on the interstate.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you didn't.
0: Yeah, I, I, I didn't talk about that. So they're you're about,
1: not going to go very far without you, being able to charge. I again, guess that's the whole Yeah, you, you get point.
0: 325 miles on that charge on, on the interstate, and... Every 90 miles, there's a Tesla supercharger. So that being said, the one thing that I think I was most concerned about, you know, when we first started looking, and it is electric and not understanding that, is range anxiety. Yes, it's a thing, but it's no different than, am I going to run out of gas? And having a Tesla supercharger every 90 miles, you're fine you're fine on the interstate.
1: Well, with the navigation thing too, it tells you exactly where to stop and it gives you options. It tells you
0: exactly where and when and and gives you the other options because not only do you have those superchargers, you have the destination chargers um, and you've got the other charge networks with Blink and ChargePoint and those other chargers. Now, there is a charge, a cost fee associated with supercharging. We didn't touch on that before. Um, but we went almost nine hundred miles round trip to Florida and back, and the entire trip cost twenty four dollars.
1: Yeah. Twenty four. You did not hear that incorrectly. twenty
0: four. It, it it cost twelve dollars to get there and it cost twelve dollars to get home.
1: Yeah, couldn't, uh, I mean, typically any other time we've driven down to Florida, we've been having to stop, you know, at least twice, you know, sometimes three times, depending each on the Each way, not not each, try, way. each
0: way. Right, yeah. so, I
1: mean, I don't even know what the percentage difference is of that, but we were, um, we were surprised, and it really didn't add any more time yeah. to our trip. And, and not necessarily
0: stopping twice, but have a full, stop before we go, have a full tank of gas, and then stop. On the way there, so you know, in the Camry, that was eighty bucks to get there and eighty bucks to get home. So you know, one hundred and sixty bucks in gas round trip. We spent twenty four dollars.
1: Right, and clearly, I mean, we definitely don't have anything against non electric vehicles. We, we have, have an F one fifty. We have a truck. We have a gas guzzling <laughs> boat. So we
0: yeah, we have we the. I mean, we that. haven't even touched on the boat episodes yeah. yet, but yeah, our. Uh, what, what did the kids at the fuel dock say last weekend oh, oh it's been a it's been a long time since you gassed up when we put 500 bucks in i was like i uh, know we're just topping off
1: guys you know it's bad when the new guys keep on asking you um how, how long does it take to fill up i mean they asked us that multiple times and it's like oh lord just yeah keep on going but this is just our experience i i Again, didn't know much about it, but there are so many benefits we've seen now, and I do feel that this is going to be the way of the future, just between cost savings, between the safety, you know, uh, of everything, we've certainly enjoyed it ourselves.
0: Yeah, and, you know, back to it being an electric vehicle, um, you know, I think the one thing that, honestly, I mean, let's face it, when we first told the family that we were getting an electric vehicle and especially your dad working for Nissan and retiring from Nissan and working on and around engines his entire life. That really turned them off in the beginning because, oh, it's an electric. And what, you know, what, what are you guys buying? The fact that it is an electric vehicle is what ended up selling your family on the car because it is so So fast.
1: Okay, so... (laughs) Can we talk
0: about how fast the car is?
1: I will let you explain, but to give you the background, he took a couple different people for a couple different rides when we were with the family. And every single time he came back, they were all cracking up laughing when they came through the door. So that sets the scene. So let's talk about how fast it is.
0: Well, the the version that we have of the Model 3 uh, goes zero to 60 in a little over four seconds. A little fast. F- four <laughs> seconds. And <clears throat> it's not like a regular car where, you know, the car has to build up steam and switch gears to get, get up to speed. It's instant torque. Linear acceleration, you hit the accelerator, it throws you back in your seat like you're taking off on a rocket or a roller coaster. I mean, it's, you have to experience it to understand it. Um,
1: it's good if you give your passengers a warning that you're about to.
0: <laughs> but it's so much more fun not to warn them if they've never experienced it and just gun it. Like you did my mother? (laughs) Like I did your mom. But before I took your mom, I took your dad and your uncle, who both retired from Nissan, let your dad drive, put your uncle in the front seat, I sat in the back, and your dad, again, who has worked around engines his entire life, does truck and tractor pulling, and uh, he's a gearhead was giggling like a schoolgirl when we got back in the driveway
1: <laughs> my dad when they got back he's retired now like we've mentioned and he said that if he had one he would just drive around town all day trying to race people to red light so yeah they had a good time in it it's uh it's pretty quick it, and Brian mentioned the roller coaster field that's what it makes me feel like it throws you back in the seat and it makes you feel like you're about to do a, a flip or something so it's 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 awesome.
0: Yeah. And so then, you know, that same night that, you know, took her, her dad and her uncle for a ride. Then I took her mom and her aunt, uh, for a ride. Uh, her mom was sitting in the back seat and I did actually warn, no, you, you said I didn't. I did actually warn your mom. Oh, did you? I, I, okay. I said. So she
1: just wouldn't expect Cause it. your
0: dad had already been in the car and right. told, you know, her how fast it was and everything. But so she knew what to expect. So I told her, she's like, oh, I want to see this zero to 60. I was like, okay, here we go. As soon as I gunned it, she forgot that she had pulled her glasses up and and they were sitting on top of her head instead of on her eyes. And um, the second my foot hit the accelerator, her glasses flew off of her head. Through the back of the car, into the back window. Oh,
1: my God. They were (laughs) laughing. Back into the back of the car. They were laughing so hard when they walked in. And I think that she was probably the biggest skeptic, I guess, if you wanted to call it a skeptic, with the whole car. And she she loves it now. So it is fun. It's a fun car to drive.
0: Yeah, definitely a fun—and again, that's, uh, you know, I, I wanted something practical. I wanted something safe, but I wanted something fun. <clears throat> the autopilot makes it fun, makes it relaxing. The, the, the torque and the speed makes it so much fun. And you have to be careful. You have to be careful. The first uh, week that I had it in my commute, uh, I, t- I came home and I told Britt, uh, I was so used to driving my little four-cylinder Camry uh, on my way home from work, and I was on the interstate and went to pass a truck. Uh, I was going about sixty when I went to pass him, and I told Brett, "I was like, you know, that zero to sixty works on the top end too. You, in about four seconds, you're going to be a lot faster than sixty miles an hour uh, if you start at 60. So <laughs> lesson learned. Uh, lesson learned. You know, I, I want to keep it safe, but it, it is such a fun car to drive, and that's you know b- because of the nature of. Uh, that electric motor and, and it, you know, there, there, there's one speed or one gear. It, it doesn't have to switch gears. It, it's instant linear acceleration, instant torque. Um, throw your butt back in the seat, throw your head back in the seat, take off. And, um, you know, there, there, there's tons of videos on, uh, YouTube. Brit has a good friend that's a, a car guy and, you know, it, 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 when he found out that we were getting, he has a, a Dodge Hellcat. Right. Um, there's tons of videos of people going to the drag strip and, you know, Tesla Model 3s racing Ferraris and Dodge Hellcats and Lamborghinis and Mustangs and Camaros. And, you know, every single time these, you know, cars that are just meant to race get beat by. A family coupe. Well. Or a family sedan.
1: Yeah. Again, you got an experience for yourself. Don't knock it till you try it. We've, we've had a ball with it. And um, I think you're starting to make some believers one fast race at a time. Oh, not
0: fast race. You know, I the believers. We have a friend who is a police officer. And I will say this. With our friend that is a police officer, I asked him about the zero to sixty. And as long as you're not going over the speed limit, and uh, his comment was, it doesn't matter how fast you get to the speed limit, just as long as you don't go over the speed limit.
1: Well, that's a good rule of thumb that you need to be following. So, it's not
0: necessarily a race as long as you don't go over the speed limit.
1: Okay. Well, there you go.
0: But anyway, it is. It's so fun to drive. So... Um, other things that we want to talk about, you know, we talked about the misconceptions of the range and, you know, people thinking, oh, you can only go 50 miles in the car or something like that. Again, no different than a gas vehicle, um, even better than a gas vehicle because we are plugging in every night and it doesn't really cost anything. Uh, definitely doesn't cost any more, and it's just a fraction of what it costs to fill up a car. But we're plugging in every night, so we start with full charge every day. We've never had an issue with range. I can't tell you how many times—probably every time I needed to fill up, I was almost on empty because I would I would wait. No, I don't, I don't. I don't have time to stop right now. I don't have time to stop right now. I'll stop tomorrow. I'll stop on my way home, whatever. And um you know that was always an issue, at least with me. Uh, you know, with, with the gas vehicles that I had before where that's never an issue. I'm never even close. I don't think I've ever had the car less than a hundred and 15 miles range.
1: Well, I was going to say, I think you were <coughs> going to talk about plugging up at the boat, but even this weekend, like you didn't plug in. right? I didn't For plug in.
0: I didn't plug in. I, I did buy an adapter, uh, a 30 amp shore power to EV charging adapter. So if I ever need to, Uh, Down at the marina, this is Boats, Beaches, Bars, and Beyond. Uh, I know we're on a Beyond episode, but uh, to tie it into boats, I did buy an adapter so I could plug in at the dock. I've tried that. Um, Works great. Um, Gave about 15 miles per hour charge on that 30 amp um, shore power. And um, gives us an option if we ever need it, but I honestly don't think we're ever going to need that down there. Unless, unless we're down there for like a week or something right. like that and we're driving around a lot. But, you know, for us going down on Fridays and coming home Sunday or early Monday, I, that's not going to be an issue. Or right. Yeah, so we
1: typically of... just stay there. I mean, we <clears throat> might run to the grocery store or something and back, but yeah. um, it was nice not to have to worry about that. You know, do I have enough gas to get to the office on Monday or not, or do I have enough gas to get home
0: yeah and then you know the other misconception with the car is the cost. Uh, I think because of what Tesla started with, everybody looks at it and immediately assumes, oh, well, you have to be rich to drive one of these. Not the case <clears throat> at all. Um, the base model, Tesla three, starts at thirty five thousand dollars. Now yes, you can add on premium features, you can add on the full self-driving, blah blah blah, and you know push you up to about $50,000, but you can get into a Tesla for $35,000. So
1: you could get the nice safety features. You get the, uh, the autopilot and...
0: comes standard on every single okay. vehicle. Um, it, the the full self-driving is what gives you navigate on autopilot and gives you the future upgrades for full self-driving. <clears throat> but the Autopilot is standard on every single vehicle, and all of the advanced safety features are standard on
1: every single vehicle. Now, somebody asked us a question last weekend. What about the used models? You might, you might want to mention that how there's some used models out there that wouldn't have the capability to full autopilot, something like that, right? Uh, well.
0: Not for a, a Model 3. Okay, right. Not, not for a Model 3. All, all of the Model 3s are going to have those features. Someone okay. asked about the other models okay, of the car. Okay, that's what it was. I was, knew it was something yeah, about someone, life. Someone asked about yeah. the other models of the car, which we had not touched on yet. There are, right now, two other um, Teslas. There's a Model S, which is a full-size sedan, uh, and there's a Model X, which is basically an SUV. Um, both of those vehicles, and that's where Tesla gets the, you know, people get the idea that, oh, you have to be rich to drive one, both of those cars are about a $100,000 vehicle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to get into one of those and get, get all the features, especially if it's maxed out, you're gonna be 100,000 plus. Um, <clears throat> the Model 3 was, it's, it's a great car. It's an amazing car. It's the coolest car I've ever owned. But it's the same price as a Toyota Camry.
1: Right. And I think that's kind of what got in <coughs> to us. And, of course, you down, down the rabbit hole, you know, was, you know, we did factor in the gas, you know, prices and your overall price of the car. And it's like, okay, I can get this car and, you know, compared to the Tesla's base. But then you also have to factor in the other things that, okay, you get so many features with the Tesla that you don't with, say, like a Mercedes or a BMW. And then you're also having to pay for gas on top of that. So, you know, you really are going to have to weigh your options of, you know, what you're interested in and uh, what's affordable to you. You know, for us, it it worked out for the things that, you know, we were interested in, in having.
0: Yeah. Well, and to your point about people asking about the used models, because the Model 3s have only been out for a year. They, they came out 2000, I think maybe late 2017, some early reservation holders got on. But really, 2018, there was a waiting list. By the time we got it, the waiting list period was over. I mean, we got the car literally within a week. Um, But the the vehicle that we have has basically what's called Autopilot 2.5 computer. The new production models now have the Autopilot 3.0 computer. Uh, The cool thing about it, uh, we talked about updates before. Uh, We did purchase full self-driving, so we get over-the-air updates. And then any computer hardware updates to get to full self-driving, we get included for free, or at least included in the price of that full self-driving. So the Autopilot 3.0 computer that is now in production, once they start rolling out um, software capable for 3.0 and full self-driving, they'll send a mobile tech to our house who will put that new computer into the car for free? Easy enough. We're not charged for that. Uh, so again, back to all of the updates. You know, if it were another car manufacturer, we'd have to buy the new model your car to get those updated features. We don't have to do that. So, circling back to the trade-in or the used vehicles, uh, the question that someone had asked me: Why would you get a Model Three versus a used Model S? Because you can get a used Model S for about $35,000, $40,000. So why would you not go and get the more expensive car as a used car? The reason being, a lot of your older, because the Model S's came out in 2012, I believe, when they first started production. And a lot of those have an Autopilot 1.0 computer. And you cannot upgrade that computer to a 3.0 computer to get full self-driving so there are a lot of model s owners that are dumping their model s's to get model threes right now because they want to be able to get those upgrades for full self-driving so you know i had a friend uh, actually a co-worker that just got a model three and he had asked me those questions and ended up buying a model three because once he realized oh well i can get this model s for about the same price but i'm not going to get the upgraded features it's like well no it's a no brainer I want to have all of the future tech and be and future proof my purchase uh, instead of being stuck in the past with that you know Fred Flintstone <laughs> I I guess, I guess that's not really a Fred Flintstone right? that's that's more of one of those you remember the episodes where the Flintstones and the Jetsons met together Mm-mm. so yeah I, I'm a little <laughs> older than you but there were episodes where the Flintstones and the Jetsons were in the same episode of the cartoon and so I guess the early Model S's—that's kind of what that is. It's it's a Flintstones Jetsons mix, but it doesn't give you the full George Jetson version that you get okay. in the 3 out.
1: Going off the deep end. A little again. tangent, little
0: tangent, but you know, trying to make it relatable. But here. I
1: do want to mention uh, the friend you're talking about that uh, just got the the Tesla. Um, he's a big car guy too, and he was looking at a couple different. Um, different cars and then I think he same thing as I was saying earlier you have to experience it for yourself once he test drove it and you know got to see everything I think he was well he was sold
0: (laughs) definitely a car guy and let's put it this way um he traded in his Porsche Panamera to get a Tesla Model 3
1: I think that says something
0: (laughs) traded in his Porsche Panamera to get a Tesla Model 3 he was looking I think at a couple of different Jaguars and uh a a couple different vehicles and um asked me a few questions once he found out we had gotten the tesla and uh, one thing led to another i think he's got a cousin or somebody that has um an x or an s and had driven theirs but and he had driven uh, a tester of an s when he asked me the questions about the used car but uh once he um went and test drove the model three i think he made his mind up that day and and pulled the trigger so um again i guess with the technology you know we we talked about the updates and and future proofing the car we talked about the 15 inch screen um let's talk about the key Let's, let's talk about the key and starting and stopping the car
1: that's the strangest thing i think to get used to is the lack thereof key. <laughs> there's not a
0: key. There, there's not a key. There's not an ignition. There's not a push button start, anything like that. So when you get the car, you get basically two little credit card looking. I mean, they're the size of a credit card. They say Tesla on one side and they've got instructions on the back. Basically, you can use the key card if you want to uh as an option we we ought to keep the key cards on us to give to a valet or give to a friend or if you know like we had the windows tinted and i had to leave a key with them so i gave them the key card but basically to unlock the car you walk up to the b pillar at the door you touch the card uh, to the side of the car it unlocks And then to actually drive the car, you have to lay that card on the center console. It registers with the car that the key card is there, and you can drive it. You don't push a button, anything like that. You just put your foot on the brake, uh, tap down to put the car in drive, and hit the accelerator and go that's okay see
1: i'm glad you said accelerator because i always kept on saying gas (laughs)
0: there's no gas i was
1: like what do i do now and i just hit the gas but um that is kind of weird you just get in the car and
0: go you you just get in the car and go now that's with the key card um the great thing about it though is the car pairs with your phone uh we both have iphones but it'll work with android as well um it pairs with your phone through Bluetooth. Again, we keep the key cards on us to have as a backup. God forbid our phone were ever dead or we lost our phone or something like that. Um, and, and the other great thing about the key card is they're so cheap. You know, if you lose a key fob for a car and you go to the dealer to get a new one and get it programmed, it's gonna cost, I've had to do that before. It cost over 100 bucks to get a new key fob. Th- those key cards are 20 bucks for a pair. Uh, or maybe it's 20 bucks for one but maybe 20 for a pair anyway 20 dollars, you get a new card for a new key for your car um but you don't even have to do that because you can pair the phone or pair the card to your phone through bluetooth it controls every function on the car as far as your climate your locks the trunk the frunk Frunk is the front trunk, because there's no engine up front. You just have extra storage space, uh, like you do on a a rear uh, engine vehicle. Um, And um, all of the functions as far as being able to drive the car. And the way that it works, it pairs with Bluetooth. Once you're within Bluetooth range, you walk up, open the door. Because it recognizes your phone, the door will unlock and open. And then you just hit the brake. And car turns on and you start driving.
1: Yeah. And vice versa, with the phone, you walk away and it automatically locks.
0: You you get out of the car and walk away. Once you're out of Bluetooth range, the car locks and arms itself. And
1: what if your wife, I mean said wife or friend, accidentally leaves her phone in the car? If (laughs) if that's paired with the Car. Right. If, if
0: if you <laughs> if your wife leaves her phone in the car, um, her phone that is paired as a key, because both of our phones are this paired as a key. This is just a story I heard. Uh, hypothetically, story. asking for a friend. Asking
1: for a friend.
0: Yeah. So if that happens, uh, if you know that the the other phone is in the car. Uh, You can pull up on your app and lock the doors, no big deal. But if the phone is still in there, it will leave the car unlocked. but once you realize that you left the phone, then, yeah, just open the app on the other phone, and, and you can lock the car.
1: But then it also does a timeout feature, right, where it recognizes it's been the, over,
0: Well, I have a third-party app. Okay. I have right. a third-party app installed, and that third-party app, after a certain amount of time, recognizes that the car's not locked, and it will go ahead and lock it automatically gotcha. for me. But that that's not something... Uh, that comes straight from the factory. But it's like a $15 app I got off the the app store. And and the great thing about that app, it gives you a bunch of different stats and things on on your driving and and the battery and things like that. But um, my inner 80s child geek um, likes the fact that I can act like Michael Knight, who Brittany didn't know who Michael Knight and Kit were. Uh, but I can act like Mike all night with my Apple Watch and raise it to my um, face and, and tell the car to open the trunk Are and lock the doors. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's, it's You do have uh, some voice uh, commands that you can give through Siri either on your phone or on your watch with that third-party app. And then, like Britt said, it'll... Um, if it realizes the climate control is left on, uh, which you can set that to leave on. But again, if you have your phone on you and walk away, everything shuts down, the car turns itself off and it locks the doors. Um, definitely something weird getting used to. And then it's really weird once you're used to it because I found myself, if you know, we were in Colorado, we had a rental car. I found myself driving the truck and getting to my destination and wanting to step out of the car with it running and walk away <laughs> with the key <laughs> in the ignition. Because I'm so used to not having to take a key out of the ignition, not having to lock a door. Uh,
1: it is odd. I mean, as I was saying with the drive thru, to begin with, but I mean, once just, you're
0: used to it, that it's just it's second nature. You just and- get out and
1: walk away. Yeah.
0: So, anyway, uh, like I said, um, it, it will arm itself with the regular uh, alarm when you walk away like that. The other cool thing we mentioned before with the safety features and with the autopilot <clears throat> that there are eight cameras around the car well tesla has come out with something it was a free upgrade that we got recently again typically with a car manufacturer this is something you would have to go out and get the new model year to get this feature added to your vehicle Uh, but they've come out with something called sentry mode uh, s-e-n-t-r-y and with sentry mode it's basically a a a car alarm on steroids Uh, Not only does it use three of the cameras, a forward facing camera and two of the uh, side facing or rear facing side cameras, the two cameras on the fenders, um, to record. If someone walks near the car, walks in front of one of those cameras, the lights, the headlights will blink and it's recognized that someone is near and it automatically starts recording video out of all three of those cameras. So you get all angles of the car, what the person is doing, whether they're just uh, like last night at dinner, uh, the teenager that realized it was a Tesla and clearly had gone down a rabbit hole and watched some YouTube videos and knew that Century had just been activated, started dancing in front of our car.
1: I mean, you can get some pretty funny videos and pictures. Yeah. I folks.
0: mean, they, we went back and watched the, because it said there were nine Sentry alerts when we got in the car. So when we got home, I, I pulled them up to see what it was. And yeah, there was a kid, uh, moonwalking and doing some kind of running man thing in front of the car. So that was kind of funny. Um, but if someone actually takes it a step further and tries to break in, um, the car will not only flash the headlights and honk the horn, but it plays this crazy pipe organ music. It's like, it's classical music. It's like Bach or somebody. I can't remember, uh, exactly who it is, but it's basically like the haunted house pipe organ song, um,
1: not your typical
0: Not, not your typical alarms, not so. your typical car alarm, so it's definitely something that will draw attention. And whoever's breaking in your car or trying to break into your car is going to walk away and leave immediately to get away from that. Um, and then the other cool thing, again, something that was an up, free upgrade um, software uh, over Wi-Fi update uh, with those cameras. There is a built-in dashcam feature now, using the same cameras that it uses for the Sentry mode uh, while you're driving. It's constantly recording from one of the forward-facing cameras and those two ca- two cameras in the fenders with the side rear-facing. So somebody is swerving into your lane or and hits you, or you know somebody in front of you runs into you, wh- whatever an animal runs out in front of you, uh, you get all that footage um Right there <clears throat> on the car, which is great because we already have a, a, an aftermarket third-party dash cam in the truck, and I and I had a dash cam that I had installed in the company car that I had before, and it's just something that's included with the car now.
1: Well, I think the claims adjuster side of you too. Um, I think dash cams
0: are um the insurance claims adjuster side of me definitely uh appreciates the dash cams you know that's something on a daily basis at work dealing with claims oh do you have a camera in the car um and you know knowing that we have that safety net of our own without having to look for a third party um you know alternative there um One of the other cool things that comes free with the car is some of the Easter eggs.
1: The Christmas one's my favorite.
0: (laughs) The the, the Christmas one, you have a Santa mode that you can put the car in. And without getting too far down the rabbit hole explaining it, you have an avatar of the car when you're driving down the road. You see all the vehicles around you because of the cameras and the sensors and the radar. Well, the uh, Christmas Santa mode turns the car into a sleigh with Santa and has Snow coming down and plays Run, Rudolph, Run or something like that. It's my favorite.
1: I like it.
0: Yeah, but (laughs) uh, just just a fun little add-on that it has. And um, there is the, um, what is it? The emissions testing, I think is what they call it. But it's a whoopee cushion.
1: Oh, is that what it's called? Uh, Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So the ride with my mom and my aunt, they didn't know about this, and I guess they weren't paying attention, and Brian started doing the uh, whoopee cushion on them, and they kept on trying to cover for one and the other, thinking it was each other making the good fart sounds, and come to find out it was Brian messing with them, and they got a kick out of it. The
0: car will fart on demand. Uh, you can move the whoopee cushion to either the driver or passenger seat in the front, or the driver or passenger seat in the rear of the car, and you hit the little uh, button on the steering wheel, and from those speakers in the car, you get um, random assorted fart noises. Assorted.
1: I was going to say,
0: yeah. A good assortment I get, of I get, I get, sounds. A good assortment of fart noises, and yeah, uh, poor... Britt's mom and aunt uh, kept trying to cover for each other as, as I took them on a little test ride, and they thought each of the other was farting, yeah, and really they, were, they were trying terrible. to hide it. Uh, the other cool Easter egg that it has is the romance mode.
1: Yeah, great for uh, car washes and romantical nights. So what? <laughs> so know? what
0: is the romance mode?
1: Um, I mean, I guess I don't know how you turn it on, but it basically the whole screen turns into a fire, and you have the fire noises, the crackling and stuff, and then it turns on the heat. It turns on the uh, seat heaters and it plays some nice romantic music yes so. it's
0: uh you get crackling fireplace and uh, the air vents start blowing heat turns on the seat heaters which you can turn off the heat uh, and, and then uh, play some baby making music.
1: Okay, well, there's
0: it's, that. it's 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 called romance mode for a reason. Babe. Now
1: let's talk about the one that you do.
0: When... Oh, my favorite uh, Easter egg is Tesla Atari. Um, there is an actual Atari emulator built into the computer navigation computer you have to be parked so it's something to pass time if you're the supercharger or if your wife went into dollar general to pick up some stuff while you're headed somewhere but yeah you can sit there and play centipede and millipede and uh, a bunch of different games and and again with those free updates we've gotten some over the air wi-fi updates to the atari and got new atari games
1: yeah it's not uncommon i come out of the store and he's all turning the steering wheel or, you know, out there in the Mm. tense uh, video game in his car. So it's a good way to pass the time.
0: And then I guess the other added benefit, which kind of we probably should have covered under the electric vehicle section is there's a federal tax credit. Uh, it was a little more before uh, January 1st. I think it was $7,500, but through the end of June, I think, up until July 1st, uh, right now if you buy um, a Tesla, you get a $3,750 uh, federal tax credit, and then uh, based on the number of vehicles that they've sold, uh, that tax credit actually cuts in half. Uh, so it'll be half of that after July 1st so you know uh, uh, again another way that this car is already saving us money right and we've only had it two months and with that I think we've cut well not covered everything that we can but I think we've covered quite a bit
1: Well, with all your rabbit hole research, I'm sure we could probably talk about this all night long.
0: There's definitely a lot of things that we could uh, continue to talk about. If you have questions uh, on anything about the car or about Tesla, uh, feel free to reach out. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email. Let us know. Uh, But uh, with that, I think it's probably time to put this horse back in the stable.
1: Oh, Lord, we're doing another horse reference?
0: Oh, I'm still talking about horses.
1: (laughs) Still talking. I'm
0: telling you, I'm telling you. We we're getting the same questions now that those guys that were driving those cars that weren't feeding their horses were getting.
1: Okay, I doubt they were talking about autopilot and video games. No, but, but they were. A, they yes. were
0: probably wondering where you're going to hit your hit your car up and <laughs> get it some hay.
1: Okay, it is late. <laughs> we probably should put the horse away in the barn or whatever your little saying and analogy was. And put the horse in the stable. Horse in the stable. Okay. Well let's go. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well no, so um, you know, definitely have uh quite a few other exciting things to talk about. I mean what we had uh Chicago that we still want to talk about.
1: And where did we go next? We went to went
0: back to thirty A. Yeah,
1: we went back to Florida. Or yeah, went back to Florida. And then the Colorado trip. We
0: went to Colorado, so we still want to cover that. And then next week, uh, we're taking our first boat trip of the season uh, to downtown Nashville to catch uh, an Eric Church concert. We're going to be staying downtown Nashville for uh, uh, three or four nights. So we'll want to cover, you know, that trip on an episode. And I think that'll probably be finally our first Boat <laughs> episode of boats, beaches, bars, and beyond. I
1: think we should probably uh, touch on that subject. Yeah, you
0: know, I think I think it's probably time. Yeah. I think it's probably time. Um, I will say, if you've liked what you've heard and it's it, you know, it's changed your mind, or if you're on the fence about buying a Tesla, uh, we do actually have a referral code. Uh, the referral code is, you know, Tesla does know they pay for no marketing. Uh, you know, there, there's no advertising. You don't see Tesla commercials. You don't see Tesla magazine ads. It's really word of mouth. And and they have, you know, one of the best known brands out there in the automobile industry, just because it's, you know, that cool factor and the safety and all that kind of stuff. But with the referral codes, if you buy a vehicle, you get a referral code. And basically what you get with that is free supercharging. Um, right now you get um if you use our referral code when you buy a vehicle you get 5000 miles free supercharging um you get that and we bo- we both get that so that's you know it incentivizes the owners to share that code to you know bring other people into the Tesla family so if you do decide to get a Tesla Uh, feel free to use our referral code. It is Brian76298, and that's B-R-Y-A-N 76298. Um, But uh, with that, I think, um, you know, that's a wrap to another episode of Boats, Beaches, Bars, and Beyond. Thanks for listening.